Ion 2020 episode 163. Have 2020 vision with Ion 2020, the podcast that brings you all the news and events in the lead up to the next presidential election. I am Ray Eaton, and I will keep you up to date as we approach November 2020 with a libertarian perspective of all the candidates and their policies, along with the news. Thank you for tuning in. Now let's clear our vision. What's up, everybody? It's Ray Eaton here, the host of Ion2020 that place that you come to Monday through Friday for the news, the events, the things that are going on in the 2020 election. Thank you for joining me today. Uh, I have been working on this new microphone for a while, and hopefully I got the sound going good for you. That's not, that is my goal for the last week or so when I got this new microphone, and it's been fun trying to f- piddle around with it, trying to figure out exactly where to put my mouth and all that stuff and the best sound quality in the rooms without, throughout my house and stuff, but... Uh, hey guys, this is your show. This is your Monday show. I'm actually pre-recording this show because I took my family down to Florida to go to the beach for the weekend. We did a, uh, we're just doing a Friday to Monday, so I'll be back with a live show for the tomorrow. Not a live show, but a uh, updated show for the t- tomorrow. So this one's pre-recorded. So I'm not going to be covering any of the news or the topics of the weekend like I normally do on Monday, just because. Uh, I obviously, if I'm recording this thing on Thursday night, I'm not going to have any ability to know what's going to happen over the weekend. Obviously, I'm no fortune teller, um, although I try to be. You know, I mean, libertarians, we seem like we can almost be a fortune teller sometimes because you know when the government passes a specific proposal, you can kind of predict some of the unintended con- consequences of those actions. It's always funny uh, to to watch, especially like Ron Paul. He was predicting the. Uh, housing bust back in like 2001 or 2002 he said that you just deflated the tech bubble and now you're inflating a bubble in the housing industry and he kind of said you're you know you're on the track to have a housing collapse at some point and sure as heck it did happen in 2008 2007 2008 it did happen so uh, but I'm no uh, obviously you can't tell what's going to happen in the next couple of days so I'm not even going to pretend to predict but I do know this Every Friday, it seems like Donald Trump is throwing out some kind of crazy statement or something that happens over the weekend in order to uh, kind of keep the keep the news cycle going the way that he wants it to go. Because if he can control the news cycle, he can control what's said and also uh, what, what, what direction the the candidates that are going against him are talking. You know, like all they talk about for the last week so far is immigration reform, immigration reform, because he throws out this whole thing where he's going to make it harder for people that have that are in the country with green cards going to make it harder for them to renew their green cards i guess or if they're on any type of um if they're an immigrant and they're on any type of like public assistance they'll have a harder time getting a green card and so forth so he's been he'll do something crazy on friday i'm sure but uh, i don't know what that's going to be because i'm recording this on thursday so uh but what i really wanted to talk to you guys today about was just empathizing with other people from other parties and other political views because uh, it's important to do that. I mean, that's how you really get people to understand your values and your views, right? And your principles. 
is by empathizing with their principles. So, but first thing, guys, before I get too detailed into this show, let's go ahead and do this. If you guys can subscribe to the show, it's your first time listening, that's great. Uh, if you keep coming back, phenomenal. Thank you so much. But subscribe to the show if it is your first time. That's going to help you hear the show tomorrow. You can also go back 162 episodes if you want to and look at some of the uh, listen to some of the other shows because I got some interesting topics that I cover there and I think that you'll probably like them if you like what you hear now and then uh, if you have been listening to the show for a while and you haven't given me a five star rating or review yet well maybe I'll try to talk you into it later but if you can do that for me that would be great also because uh, those things really do help to make sure that when someone types in something like libertarian podcast boom i show up right if they type in something like presidential election 2020 there i am right and uh if they type those things in and they see i have five stars and someone else has four and a half stars they're more likely to click on my show so that's helpful so if you can do that for me that would be great um if you really like we hear to the point where you just feel like you have got to make some kind of contribution to the show you know what? You can do that too. Set that up on anchor.fm slash ion2020. And that is the place that you would go if you wanted to submit like a, give me like a two ninety nine, four ninety nine, or a nine ninety nine support level. Uh, very helpful to the show. Help me to stay, uh, keep, help me to stay on the air essentially in the sense that, or make it a, not make it a revenue source rather than something that's taking money out of my pocket, I guess, because it doesn't take too much money out of my pocket. I try to, re- but I try and invest any money that I do earn off the show right back into the show as well through like Facebook advertising and so forth. That's always good. Um, what I do like to do though is hear from you guys, and I think that it's always nice when I get like an email or a voice message, things like that, right? And you could do that also at anchor.fm slash ion2020. What you do is you just, there's this little button where you can make a little voice message and you can record and then send to me. And if you can't do that because you don't have Anchor as an app on your iPad or on your iPhone or on your um, any of your devices, well, the next best step to do is just to email me. that. You can do that at ray at iontheempire.com, okay? And that is how you can get a hold of me. You could also, if you want to, follow me on Facebook and on Twitter, which is iontheempire.com. And then you could go to iontheempire.com and boom, you'll see all the stuff that I post from news articles and stuff. Uh, the What I post there, since I'm, I, I originally set it up where it was going to be like a foreign policy type website where I kind of just cover news articles from different sources that I find on foreign policy. But I've kind of made it so it's kind of some domestic policy as well, for, as, well as foreign policy. Um, not really focusing on the presidents or anything like that. I'm not really, or the presidential campaign. I'm not really focused on that on the Iron the Empire website. But it's good that I, the, the articles I find usually look at your thinking. Sometimes I'll post, what I'll do is I'll post an article from a Western point of view. And then I'll post an article from a, like if it's an article, Western point of view about Iran, then I'll post something from the Iranian newspapers that shows their side of the story. So I'll do our side, their side, our side, their side. And it's interesting to see how everybody frames their own little thing, right? Because the every news every news media outlet, unless they're just spouting off specific facts, they're going to have some kind of 
biased towards the country that they're in. That's the same thing with Iran, or with Syria, or with North Korea, or with Venezuela, or with England. They're going to have a little bit of a bias towards the country that they're in. So when you read it, you're thinking to yourself, wow, that's really, I always think, wow, it's really interesting the way that the, especially the Iranians, they'll frame it to the point where America does look like the bad guy. And a lot of times there are some issues where we are the bad guy, you know? So um, it is important to see their side of the view as well as our side of the view. So I'll try to find those things for you as well, um, which I think is interesting. So IonTheEmpire.com, you can check that out there, okay? Uh, get some good traffic going to that website. And I'll have advertisements on there either. So uh, I'm not trying to like make money off of this thing by any, by any means too much, you know? Uh, there are some advertisements on this just because Anchor allows me to do these advertisements and get paid like a little bit per time that the show is played, which is uh, always nice because it actually helps me to keep the website going. Um, it also helps, you know, with uh, upgrades like the microphone and stuff, you know, and uh, advertisements on Facebook that I put out there as well. Uh, but today what I want to talk about is Democrats, Republicans, Libertarians, Green Party, Constitution Party, all the different parties, right? Independents, people that are just independent. We agree on a lot of things. Now, you would think that we don't because the way that you look at politics nowadays, it's just everything seems so divisive, right? You got Donald Trump saying this, and anything that he says, the Democrats say is wrong, and anything that the Democrats say, the Republicans say is wrong, and so forth. But that's the politicians. That's not the people. The people feel like it's all divisive, but I don't think it really is because I think that most people feel like what they want is very similar. Most people, they want to put food on their, pl- food on their family's table. They want to have a job. They want to be able to go to work, come home, go on vacation, spend time with their family, do stuff like that. That's pretty much the way that people are, right? If you're a business person, you're more business focused, you might have a little bit less focus on the family or you might want to focus really hard on your business or I don't know. I mean, everyone has different goals and agendas in this world and there's millions of different goals and agendas that people have for their families and for themselves and for everything else in the world. But when it really comes down to it, Everyone wants to have food on the table and everyone wants to have a little bit of good leisure time, you know, and everyone has a different version of what leisure time is to them, but it's all kind of similar, right? I've never met somebody that says, no, I never want to go on vacation, but you know what? Some people don't want to go on vacation. They just want to work, which is fine. Everyone eats to each their own, right? But the Democrats and Republicans, when they're out there on camera and when they're out there talking, especially the candidates, they want to cause division. That's just what they're going to do. And the reason why they're going to do that is because it helps them to get more votes. Because obviously division seems to work or else they wouldn't do it. Now the Democrats say, oh, we need to get to the point where we're getting together and we're starting to uh, come together as a nation and all that. But just the very fact that they're a Democrat saying that means that they're not really believing it because they're against the Republicans. It's just the way that it is. And the same thing with Republicans. If they say, we want to bring the country together and everything else, no, because half the country, or half the voting population, I guess, typically was going to vote for a Democrat or Republican. And there's a few people that swing in between, like 30 or 40% of the people that swing between the two based upon who they like better. But still, that division's there, right? 
So there's no way around it. That's what the that's what they want you to think. But here we are. We're Americans. We're people that want to go to work, come home, have some leisure time, spend time with our kids, go out to the bar with some friends, do whatever. That's what we want to do. So when it really comes down to it, that's just the way that we are. But what I wanted to say is from a political standpoint, we do need to realize a few things and we need to empathize with the other side. And that's what I'm getting at today. We want to empathize with the other side. We want to understand their views and understand why they have those views. And that's going to help us if we're going to try to make changes in the way that we're communicating with people about our own political ideals, right? And our own, you know, ideology. We're our own principles. Like, we have our principles, they have theirs. But our principles, I mean, a lot of people... I was listening to Charles, uh, an interview with Charles Koch, and uh, Democrats hate him. Republicans, you know, he, I guess he, they call him like the Republican kingmaker, but if you listen to him talk, his agenda is, I want to help as many people as I can. He just has a different way to get to that point. Tar- Charles Koch now, by the way, did run for the Libertarian ticket in, t- in 19, 1980, I think it was, right? He's a billionaire. He runs Koch Industries, which is like one of the largest companies in America. I think it's one of the largest co- companies in the world, and it's a privately held organization. And they have principles that they follow within an organization. Now, he is a libertarian through and through to the point where his favorite book is Human Action by L- Ludwig von Mises, right? And this was on the... Um, forget the name of the podcast that it was on but it was a really good interview it was like an hour hour and a half long and he said that his number one principle is that he would like to be able to help help as many people as he can but if you talk to a democrat if you talk to somebody who's a democrat they're going to feel the same way they want to be able to help as many people as they can if you talk to a libertarian a libertarian would say i mean a lot of times they'll talk about individual individualism and stuff like that but the idea behind the libertarian would be, yeah, I want to be able to make as many people as well off as I can. I want to help as many people as I can. I want the most people to be well off. That's what a Republican would say. That's what the Democrats would say, right? That they just want people to be well off. That people are going to have the basic needs of life met. Things like that. I can't, I mean, unless you're just a heartless soul, you're going to feel that way. That you would like to have as many people to be as well off as possible right and i think that most people feel that way i mean i know i feel that way i feel like you would want a system that is going to allow the most people to be as well off as possible so you're going to have democrats you're going to have republicans they're going to feel this they're going to feel very similarly about that also charles Koch had said it you know he just he said that he feels like he wants as many people to be as well off as possible so the, the difference between it, though, is this, guys. The main difference that you're going to find between the Democrat, the Republican, the Libertarian, the Green Party, they all have that same vision and goal. But everybody has a different way that they think that it's going to happen, okay? Democrats and socialists, they're going to believe that the most people are going to be the most well-off by the government taking over certain aspects of the economy and the society in order to achieve that goal. That's what they believe. 
They want the most people to be as best taken care of as they can, and they think that's the government that's going to make that happen. Libertarians will say they want the most people to be as well off as they can, but they don't want they 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 think that the best way to accomplish that is through a free market laissez-faire economy. And that's it. It's not necessarily capitalism, it's just a laissez-faire economy where everyone's kind of left to their own devices to be get well ahead and you're going to have the most people get well off because of the way that the economy will grow when you have a laissez-faire economy. And the people that are left behind, they'll have a safety net, but it won't be from the government. It will be from private organization because private organization is going to be the, be the most efficient way to bring somebody who is downtrodden and having a hard time in life. It's going to bring those, it's going to allow those people, that's going to be the most efficient way to get those people to go from being in poverty to out of poverty. Whereas government a lot of times perpetuates that poverty by this is what happens. Let's say you're poor, right? And you're living in a, you're living in a, in a small town in the middle of South Carolina and you're poor. You get welfare in the hopes that you could find a job. But there's no jobs in a small town in South Carolina. But you have welfare there. So the next thing you know, you stay there. You get some kind of help with rent. You get help with you know public assistance with your house. You get public assistance with your food. You have welfare. Still looking for a job. Can't find a job. Wouldn't it make sense at that point to move to a town that there is a job? No, because now you're going to lose your welfare and your housing and all that stuff. So you continue to stay where you're at. Whereas in the private, private, you know, where, where there was private charity, they would probably say, well, crap, there's no jobs here in, you know, Jim Bob, South Carolina. You need to move over to, you know, up to the Charlotte area where you could find some jobs. And they might even help you with assistance to move there. But government sort of perpetuates that a lot of times. But anyway, getting back to the point, Democrats and Republicans, Libertarians, every party has their, their the ideal is to have the economy and the, the society work best for everybody, right? Have the most people taken care of the is the best way possible. Just everybody has a different way that they think that it's going to get to that point. And what we need to do is empathize with that. For example, yeah, man, I really think the poor should be taken care of. I mean, it's they, they have a hard life, especially somebody who comes from a poor family that was, you know, their mom was poor, their grandma was poor, and so forth, and uh, they do have less opportunity. That's true. How do I think that, that can be fixed, though? And then you go on about, you know, the way that you think that. You, you talk about libertarian issues and how, um, free markets and capitalism and so forth can fix that particular issue, right? Whereas, you know, they say that the easiest thing for a Democrat to say is, oh, let the government take it over. But that's not the best system. That's not the most efficient system. And it's probably the most corrupt system that you could find in that, in that way because all of that stuff does is lead to cronyism and other people trying to get handouts from the government. And it leads to corruption and it leads to stagnant stagnation and so forth i mean you're gonna have that person still living in that poor town when they should have just moved to charlotte area to find a job because there's jobs up there but there's not any jobs in the place where the factory just closed down so 
But we need to empathize with those people. We need to realize that they do have people's best interests at heart. They're not just trying to make dependence, you know, make people dependent upon the government. And Democrats don't believe that everyone should just be dependent upon the government. But they think that that is the best way to take care of the most people is by the government helping out. They have, you know, they feel sorry for those people and so forth. They might feel sorry for like the minority who is having a hard time that just, um, you know, they look back and they say slavery really, you know, hurt the African-American communities and we need to help people out nowadays because of that. I mean, that is possible. That's true. So empathize with them. Yeah, that is probably true. You you probably do have a lot of people that are having a hard time, especially um, in the minority communities who, you know, had Jim Crow laws and then segregation just ended, you know, 50 years ago. But now, you know, there's still been some hard times since then. And the black family may have, you know, gone from, gone to a state where there's, you know, fatherlessness a lot of times in those communities and so forth. And Let's think about why that happened, and then you could t- kind of go to, towards a libertarian standpoint, you know? But it's important to empathize with those people. It's important that we do that. I, I feel like that's the most important thing we could do, is when we're talking with people, to not just get into an argument with them, but to say, well, why do you believe that? Why do you think that the government should be the one that is the best to take over that stuff? Why do you think that's the case? You know? And then if we do that, we look like a rational person that is trying to just get down to the bottom of things and then maybe we can so- somehow feed them a little seed of knowledge that would lead them towards having more of a libertarian thought, having more of a thought that says, yeah, we don't need to be dependent on the government. We need to create a society where we're not going to aggress upon our friends and our neighbors because we think that what we think is the best way to do something. So we're going to use the government to aggress upon our neighbors and our friends and our family in order to get our way. But you don't get into that whole conversation of aggression right off the bat. Sometimes that doesn't work out too well either because they don't understand that. They just understand that taxes are what they are. We should tax the rich even more. And uh, they're just greedy and all they want to do is have more money. They don't want to help people out. When in reality... Everyone just wants to help everybody else. Everyone thinks that they want to have the best for everybody. I think that's the truth. Nobody's going to walk up and say, yeah, I wish everyone would, everyone except for me was poor. That's not how people... I mean, people don't just think like that. You would think, yeah, I hope everyone does pretty well. But everyone has their own work ethics. Everyone has their own minds and what they want to do and their goals and their agendas and so forth. If someone's okay living in you know, a, a small trailer out in the woods somewhere... That's great. That's not for everybody, that, but that's that's for them, you know? And you automatically drive by and you think to yourself, how, wow, what a scumbag poor person that lives in there, or whatever, you know, white trash poor person or something that lives out in that trailer. But the fact is that that person's happy, right? They might struggle, but they're happy. They might be the happiest person in the world. So um, you can't judge the book by the cover in that sense as well. But most people would say, hey, man, you know, I want to help people out. I want to. I want everyone to be well off. I think it would be great. I want the economy to be booming so that everyone be, you know, making out like bandits in some ways. But everyone has their own ideas to get there, man. And some people think the government is the solution and some people don't. We just need to empathize with those people. Everyone's kind of somewhere in between, though. 
and we need to get down to the bottom of it and then at that point we can maybe turn the tide but our job or our, my idea right now is just to slowly change the culture my idea is just to slowly bring people into the libertarian movement so that they'll start rethinking their relationship with their government and their expectations of the federal government because when we start to understand what people's expectations are of the federal government then we can start saying well maybe that's not the best way maybe we should bring it back to the localities maybe we should bring it back to the neighborhoods maybe we should bring it back to the families because that's where things that's where the best solutions are found not in some top-down approach but from a down to the family approach down to the community approach down to the neighborhood approach down to the city approach you know on those levels I actually read it on uh, Joe Biden's it was Joe Biden's uh, campaign website and it said that it's not it's not right that kids should have to help their parents out when they get old to help pay for medicine to help pay for housing to help pay for health care that kids have their own retirement to save for and they shouldn't have to help out their parents can you believe that that they have the audacity to say that on a democratic website on joe biden's website that it's unfair that kids should have to take care of their help take care of their parents i mean i think it's your responsibility as a child that when your parents get to a certain age or your grandparents get to a certain age that in some way you should help them out some way it's not the government's responsibility it's our responsibility to do that but we've passed that responsibility onto the government and now it's just looked at as a normal thing to say that on his on his campaign website where where's society come to i mean if you look in this any time previous to this people would have a bunch of kids whatever because they had to work the farm but when they get old they're still working their farm and their kids are helping them out and they're living with their kids or something that's just the way it was back then even today you get into like a, a family of like hispanic people and you go into their house and it'll be the mom and the son and the grandparents all living together lots of them i mean they have the extended family in the home because they all work together to take care of each other it's it's it is our responsibility to take care of our family and he had the audacity to say that it made me sick when i read that because it's not the government's responsibility but that's what that's what people think that we passed all that on to the on to the the government now that's the government is responsible for the old people that's what it sounds like to me when he says that that's what that's where our that's where our country has come to and we need to change that we need to start rethinking the relationship that we have with our government what we expect of our government it's not for them to take care of us from the time we turn 65 on it's not for them to take care of us as soon as we are past you know 12 weeks old and they're going to throw us into a daycare center that's paid for by the federal government we already have federal schools from the time that you're five years old until you're 18 indoctrination centers is what a lot of people call them because all it is is learning to put your hand on your heart say that you know 
say the Pledge of Allegiance, become a nice, orderly young man who gets up and does what he's told when the bell rings. We already have that. But it's not the responsibility of the federal government to take care of the people. It's your responsibility to take care of your family and your community. Especially your family. And if you want to your community, I wouldn't force you to do that. But most likely, if the federal government was not responsible for that stuff, if people did not assume that the federal government was responsible for that stuff, what do you think would happen? Organizations and people would come together to form organizations and groups in order to take care of those people. Mutual beneficial societies, I think is what they used to call them. And it works. It does. It works. It doesn't work perfectly, but it works way better than the confiscation of money from people and the use of force by the federal government in order to get its way. Because all that does is cause us dependency. And that's when you get somebody like Joe Biden that'll write on his website that it's unfair that kids would have to take care of their parents when they retire. So, hey guys, that's all I got for you on this Monday. Thank you for joining me. This is a pre-recorded episode, and I hope you were able to bear with me on this. I did not have a lot. Uh, I was trying to figure out some good topics to focus on, and that's what I really wanted to talk about, because I was thinking about that. Charles Koch, the um, the interview that I just mentioned, and I'll look that up and put it in the show notes pages, okay? But um, I was thinking about that particular interview that he had, and he said that he just wants you know, the, the most wealth for the most people. He wants the most people to be well, thought, well off as he could. He wants to help as many people as he can. And he said that the best, he thought the best way to do that was through free markets and wealth, growth of the wealth of the entire nation. And how can he make that happen? And that's been his goal ever since. But then if you look at Democrats, they feel the same way. They want to take care of as many people as they can. It's just who or how they think that it should be done. What's the mean to ac- means to accomplish that? So that's what I wanted to talk about today, and I hope that you enjoyed it. I really do. If you'd like to, you can uh, send me some, you know, your thoughts about the show at rayatiamtheempire.com, all right? And then if you would like, you can come back tomorrow, and you'll have clear vision for 2020.